0: we thank you thank you father god for this evening thank you lord you said that where two or three are gathered in your name there you'll be so we know lord that you are with us we know lord that you hear us we know lord that you know the desires in our hearts and even though we've been talking quite casually you know um, about the kind of the kind of gifts we want we pray father god that you'll give us our hearts desires anything and everything that's in our hearts that's in line with your perfect will We pray Father God that you'll bless us Um, and we pray Father God that there'll be testimonies from this group just in terms of how you've blessed us with the gifts that are freely available to us because you are our provider and you are you are the creator of heaven and earth so there is nothing that you cannot do Um, and we just pray Lord for Nicholas we pray that you will um, that you will speak through him that you will empower him that he'll speak with your authority because he comes in your name Father God to share your word we pray Lord that our hearts will be open to receive from you and to that we will hear your words Father God through Nicholas in Jesus name we pray amen amen
1: thank you very much Mary I just uh the extra prayer as well, get yeah, as much uh, top-ups as I can from the Lord, so uh, yeah, thank you Lord Father for bringing us together, I just pray Lord Jesus that as we go through the word, as we understand uh, you Lord Father, I just pray Lord Father that you'll be able to, you know, uh, speak for me and speak through others Lord Jesus and, you know, bring divine um, revelation through scripture Lord Jesus, in your mighty name, amen, amen. Hello everyone, so I'm going to share my screen and start off. With me. Okay, yeah, there we are. Okay, can everybody see my screen? Yes. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. So today is going to be a continuation of Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, Jesus being God. Um, so it's going to be kind of similar, but not similar at the same time. Uh, we're going to go through scriptures. If you have any questions, you can ask your questions as well. Um, I'll try to make it interactive where we can. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a continuation of Jesus being the son of God. As we were saying before, there's three parts to Jesus being um, the um, Jesus being son of God. So that's one element of it. So there's father, the father, The son of god and also the holy spirit Um, i'm going to be focusing on jesus being uh, god okay so let me put this aside okay so yesterday not yesterday last week we went through something where we looked at the attributes of what god has you know what makes jesus god and these were the main points that we looked at, and we also looked at scriptures as well. So omnipotent, all-powerful, unlimited, um, being with unlimited power. So he has all power to do everything. There's nothing restricting him. Omnipresence, being everywhere at the same time. So he's everywhere at the same time, so he knows what's happening everywhere as well. Omniscient, in terms of all-knowing, knowing everything as well. Um, being immutable, which means being Unchangeable, uh, never changing, um, and also sovereignty in terms of supreme power and having authority over all, um, all everything. So he's the highest of the high. Basically, there's not there's no one above him. Um, so that's who we was looking. That's what we were looking at in terms of the God attributes of what makes God God. And Jesus had all of these attributes. Uh, go to the next slide. Okay, so we looked at the god attributes and today is going to be like how do we demonstrate that you know he was human as well or how can we sorry, sorry, okay yeah sorry. okay yeah so how can we demonstrate that jesus was human or you know how do we know that jesus was human um so these are the things that we're going to be looking at today Because last time it was a point, or last week was a point of looking at Jesus being God in terms of everything that he can do. And some people might try to debate that, you know, um, was Jesus actually human? Or some people believe that he was fully fully God but not human. So we're going to demonstrate that, you know, Jesus was also human as well. Okay, so the first um, scriptures we're going to look at is Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 to 21. If someone could uh, read that, that would be great. Whoever wants to read first.
0: Okay, I'll read. This is the New Living Translation. Yeah. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, Mm -hmm. for the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins.
1: Yes, amen. Thank you very much. So there's a lot to kind of pick out from there, but the main thing I want you to understand or know that, you know, Jesus was human is that, you know, he was um, delivered or Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And I did say earlier that, you know, there was no intercourse that happened, even through the Holy Spirit. And when we look at it, it says, you know, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say that, you know, it was the intimacy or anything happened. So um, Mary gave birth to Jesus and it was a physical birth. So that's how we know that, you know, Jesus is actually a physical being. And when I was doing more research on this as well, I think there was a movement in the early church, which was called Dorchism which was trying to say that, you know, Jesus did exist and he did everything in terms of what was said in the Bible. But they didn't believe that he could be human doing these things at the same time. So um, this is why we are kind of like over uh, shining a light on it to say that Jesus is human. And one of the scriptures in First John chapter 4, if someone could read First John chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 2, it would literally say, you know, uh, be careful of this because some people will try to deceive you, saying that Jesus is not human, and it's a it's a really important factor of being a, a Christian as well. So, if someone could find First John, uh, one John, chapter four, verses one
2: to two. Do you want me to
3: read it?
1: Oh yes, please. We I'm got fine. it.
3: Yeah. So first John four, yeah, verse one. It says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." Then verse two says, "By this you know the spirit of God." every spirit that confesses that jesus christ has come in the flesh is of god amen
1: amen yes so it says um that last bit i'll just read it again it says every spirit that acknowledges that jesus christ has come from uh, come in the flesh is from god so anybody that says it's not he did not come in the flesh is not from god and is trying to deceive you So that was one of the things I kind of wanted to highlight to show that he was very much human. Um, Another thing was, uh, I guess there was a time in secondary school um, where, you know, it was a science teacher. And I was talking about Jesus um, in terms of what he's done. And I I believe it was, it might have been a miracle or something that he's done. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, Jesus wasn't wasn't a human being. And I didn't fully understand at the time what he was trying to say. He was saying he he was spirit he wasn't really a a physical human being. That's why he could do these things and do these miracles. And I was like, no, but it it says he's like, he's a human, like he walked and did everything with us. I don't understand. So I didn't really understand that concept where people were saying that, you know, some people or different religions say he's spirit. So it kind of, you know, it kind of made me think, why would you say something like that when it clearly says he's a human being and that, you know, he was born um, from Mary pretty much. Um, I don't know if anybody else has similar experiences or if they have any other um, stories to add as well. Uh, you're welcome to share as well. Nicholas, what chapter did we just read? First John. Oh, yeah,
4: 1 John, chapter 4, mm-hmm. verse
1: 1 to 2.
4: Okay, thank you.
1: Ah, And then even on chapter... Actually, I read chapter 3 as well. I read verse 3, sorry. I read verse 3 as well. And it says, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is from God. There is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So he's saying that basically, you know, uh, if they don't even acknowledge Jesus Christ, uh, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So there's a spirit behind it, which is saying that, you know, it's it's against Jesus trying to deceive you or cover, cover your eyes and see the truth, basically. So, yeah. Uh, does anybody have any questions on that or wants to add anything to that? Uh, maybe they have came across something similar in terms of someone trying to say that Jesus is not human or, you know, Jesus is something else.
5: No, thanks, Nicholas. It's interesting. Yesterday or day before, I was listening to an interview by um, one of the redeemed pastors in Nigeria. They yeah. uh, was speaking to a guy called Donson Ekon and we were talking about how to what's the word how to overcome the temptation that comes with ministry because Dunton had lost his wife and so is now single again and he was talking about the challenges that comes with you know having ministered and how at the point of the peak of ministering to people you he feels very vulnerable and so there was a comment that they made around i guess sexual temptation at that point in time and it's something I've been meditating on as well. And I guess the interviewer must have said, does that mean Jesus had sexual temptation? And, you know, Donson's view was, yes, he probably had had been tempted in that way just because it was fully man and he was fully God, you know? And for me, it's made me think about, I guess, sex in the sense of a sexual desire, is that a sinful desire or is it lost, is it separate? But it's just to say, re-emphasize the fact that, you know, Jesus is human he went through a lot of the challenges we go through as, as human being, but the difference is he didn't sin as a result of those challenges. Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the main importance is like, he didn't sin from any of those um, temptations or or challenges. Um, I guess there's like always human desire, but I guess what extent are you willing to, to go through with it? Are you, I guess, is someone going to be willing to break the law or break, um, what he said that we shouldn't do in terms of you know how we should live our lives out believing in jesus christ so yeah that 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 is true uh does anybody want to add to that as well
6: yeah i'm just trying to um yeah. think about um, our brothers um i mean the muslims so i'm trying to think about it towards the point of uh their con- conviction or disagreement so i realized they didn't disagree that jesus came to earth they yeah. believed that the yeah. issue was that he never rose up in fact they believed someone that so he was so powerful that no one can kill him he's so powerful so they said they killed someone instead of him so jesus christ somehow disappeared and they killed someone so yeah, just thinking nobody is disputing that he came in bodily for yeah the only uh, disputation is that he didn't resurrect he didn't die and all of that And it's
1: not God, those are the focal points. Yeah, 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 So this scripture, uh, number one, John chapter four, verses one to two kind of says, you know, if they don't acknowledge Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God, Um, it basically talks about, you know, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is from God. Okay, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. So they believe in, I guess, Jesus was alive, but they don't believe in God in terms of Jesus being God um, or even dying for our sins and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're, you're correct. So there's kind of like the wall being pulled over our eyes uh, in somewhat sense. So, yeah, I'll yeah. Uh, move on to the next one. Um, so, yes, Jesus also went through temptation. Um, Jesus didn't fall um, at, at it. We're going to read through it, actually. Um, But like Folly said, there's temptation that Jesus went through and we're going to go through it. If we could read Matthew chapter 4, 1 to 11, um, it would be great if I can have four readers so we can split it up up, if that's all right. Um, So we're going to do 1 to 3 and then 4 to 6 and then 7 to 9 and then 10 and 11 so
2: um i can read the first three verses
1: thanks mary mary's first three
2: what's what was it again i, I don't mind reading
1: oh great yeah so four. you yeah yeah you would be four to six
2: okay <clears throat> thank you
1: two more if possible
2: i don't mind
1: oh thank you so you read seven oh, to nine and did someone else say something
6: uh I'll
1: participate. First, uh, yeah, you get the you get the rest. Uh, so that's ten to eleven. You get ten to eleven. The last one. So um, I believe Mary. When when yeah. you're finished. Uh,
0: okay, so Matthew yeah. four verses one to three. Yeah. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread.
1: Thank you. And before the next reader goes, I just want to say that, you know, Jesus was going through the wilderness, fasting, uh, praying, and he was immensely hungry at this time of moment. devil, devil came and visited him in terms of, you know, trying to persuade him to do something that was not aligned um, to what God wanted us to do. And we had to go through this journey, and had to go through this process, and the devil was just trying to tempt him at this time of moment. So it was just like trying to just imagine yourself being hungry or you know you had something in your hands let's say your first day you had a bottle of water but you know you shouldn't drink this bottle of water right now um i mm. said why don't you just drink the water why don't you just keep on drinking it's similar to adam and eve in terms of you know eating from the tree so if you see it from that point he's trying to use those type of tactics again um so yeah let's just yeah so that was just literally being an attempt or the same way as an um adam and eve basically you know trying to get in some way somehow and mm-hmm. look at the next response when it goes to mm-hmm. verse four to six um yeah i believe it's susan it. yeah
2: yes so verse four jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god yeah. then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple mm-hmm. if you are the son of god he said Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone.
6: And
1: thank you. Thank you. Before the next reader, I want to say at this time, it was like the, Jesus was, um, what's it it was the devil trying to tempt Jesus, saying that, you know, oh, yeah, if you are God, you know, tell these stones to tempt to bread, which was in the previous one. And then Jesus replied with scripture, saying how powerful the word is. So it says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So it was trying to make a stance there, like literally, you know, I am God, you know, I'm the words, you know, you're not trying to tempt me, basically. And the devil tried to do something even more further, trying to decept where I, d- I guess he didn't really go that far in terms of for Adam and Eve, um, because I guess he tried to tempt and he tempted through Eve. But this time, the devil came with some scriptures as well, trying to kind of convince him. But Jesus handled, you know, the temptation by scripture first. And the next one, we'll see that, you know, he he then goes back and forth again with scripture with with the devil. So the next person to read. uh, Yeah, they can read.
2: Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Or this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Mm. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Paul. Cool. If you could read the last one.
6: Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee and um, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Verse 11 mm. Then the devil leaveth him, and mm. behold, angels came and ministered unto him
1: amen 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 so there's a lot of back and forth with scripture so one of the things that kind of highlighted to me going through this again is this stuff like you know jesus was the word he knew his word he knew the scriptures so it was with him so it was just like the devil was just trying to come from all angles but it was like playing tennis it was just literally one scripture for another even though it's god's word he's trying to use his word against him and it's like i know my words and he kept on going back and forth. So even when, even the 10th one, it says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So the devil is trying to say, worship me. And he's trying to put doubt in his mind, uh, mind as well by saying, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. He's trying to like, he's trying to use a play of words um, of if, um, to, to make him doubt, is, is he actually God? Is he actually who he says he is? Uh, you should worship me. but god already knows jesus already knows you should only worship one god and you should only serve him and that's him uh, and then he said that the devil um, left him and angels came to attend to him as well so he fleed but it was like a struggle it's like a tug of war um you know going back and forth back and forth like a, a game of tennis going back and forth and then the devil fled from him when he saw that you know it's not He's not moving. He's not going nowhere. He's the word, literally. You cannot tempt him, regardless of what you show, what you show him. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to go through. Uh, does anybody have questions on on that? I
5: think because? it's more of a comment that I wanted to make. Um, I okay. think it's what's quite interesting about the scriptures is the fact that even though Jesus was God within Himself, mm-hmm. He still submitted Himself to the word, His own word, or the word of Scripture. Um, so, he, as we know, Jesus is all powerful. Yet, mm-hmm. when it came to you know uh, reproving the enemy or fighting against the enemy, is still yeah. use the word of God, and mm-hmm. I think it's just for us really to to take notice of that. Just because mm-hmm. for someone that is perfect, sinless, all powerful, having mm-hmm. to still you know uh, fight against temptation with God's word, how much more we um, mm-hmm. people that have fallen into sin and you know God has revived us into life, also have to use the same method. As a means of overcoming temptation. Um, so yeah, so that's something I thought I would just um, yeah make acknowledgement of. Even when you're speaking, it
1: just made me think of you know um, that human beings us as humans go through temptation. The flesh literally tries to hold us down. Even thinking about the good things we should be doing, even eating or even you know physically be doing or even like reading the word, our bodies just don't want to do it. And okay. you know although it's going to benefit us in the long run we just don't want to do it and you know jesus had a bit of that element although being like you said follow uh fully god it was just like the human element was like tugging him back as well in terms of maybe he was just like oh food i'm hungry i'm feeling this pain of hunger and it's like oh yeah i can do this but god's side is like no <laughs> this doesn't make sense at all and then there's the devil trying to you know push him even more and more over the edge but realize that you know you can't push jesus he, he didn't yield to any of it so yeah yeah thank you for that that's all for that. uh does it yep sorry
2: <clears throat> sorry i was just going to also um say that mm-hmm. you know um it's a very powerful part of the bible because yeah. for me it just it reminds me of you know that verse that says where jesus said that we should be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves and mm. like just the way in which Jesus caught that it was the devil do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. sometimes temptation can come in the form of a voice and it sounds like your voice you know and it can something so subtle like you know eat the chips Mm -hmm. you know or you know cuss Mm -hmm. the person do you know what I mean and it sounds like it's your voice but it it actually isn't and it's just I don't know for me today how it just stands out how how Jesus caught him in the act of trying Mm -hmm. to tempt him so yeah, I just wanted to, to to
1: to share my thoughts on that. I oh, that's, that's really <clears throat> good. Thank you for that. Because when you were actually speaking as well, you made me think of something else as well. Um, you said that you know sometimes it's your own fault. It sounds like yourself, um, but there's times when you know it's other people as well, and they maybe use scripture to encourage you to do something wrong. <laughs> it's like yeah, a knife, and it's like what? Or did they, they say something completely out of context? And this is like no, this is, not, this is not right. I just don't feel right in this. I believe this is not right to do. And it's like, yeah, but everybody else is doing it and they bring certain scriptures to make you f- believe it, it's not. So sometimes it is like you said, you know, it sounds like yourself, but it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. And also it goes uh, across to other people in terms of they try to use scriptures and stuff like that as well to make you do something in a certain way that you, you know that isn't right. So yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for sharing that.
2: And, and I just want to add, as you said, that it made me think of... I know this is about Jesus, but also, like, it highlights, you know, the devil's sneaky character.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So just in, in Genesis, how he mm. twists things, he, he tries to twist it up. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, just wanted to uh, add that.
1: So, yeah, uh, one of the things that I just like, highlighted, just even speaking to everyone, it's just, like, yeah, one point it is, I guess, to know the word um, for yourself and that, uh, you know, you wouldn't be kind of twisted back and forth in terms of, you know, manipulating to try to do something um, especially when you know, you've been promised something, or you know God's told you that this is coming, and you know, you, I guess sometimes we get getting impatient and we're trying to rush something. But uh, just remember what the original word of God has said. So, yeah. thanks, thank you, Susan, for that as so, well. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Um, the next one is about you know Jesus going through something like you know, emotions in terms of Jesus wept, he cried, and in John 35-35, um, is a very quick one. Uh, if someone could read it, it's it's so quick. I think it's- I'll
0: read it. Yeah. Then Jesus wept.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So that story was about Lazar- Lazarus, um, Mary's brother. So uh, Mary's brother um, passed, and then afterwards, you know, was speaking to Jesus, and it's like, oh, you know. Lazarus Lazarus is, has gone and he was like crying. Um, and it was just like, Jesus was going through an like, actual like, emotional step. It was like emotional process. And it was just like, you know, don't worry. He's gonna, you know, come back. I'm gonna rise him up again, basically. And then four days after, you know, he rose, he rose Lazarus uh, up from his tomb. And um, when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a scripture or verse that you can easily less like brush over in terms of, you know, you read it. It's like, oh, yeah, he wept, but he brought him back to life as well. Um, but it's a, I would say John 11 is good to read um, just to understand the whole context of everything. But, you know, he literally rose him up afterwards, which showed the God element and the human element at the same time. Um, and then he also gave uh, thanks to the father as well, um, you know, um, near the end as well. So it's definitely a good um chapter to to read or go through uh, because it shows his human nature in terms of he had that feel like he felt their pain and he also you know loved them and loved loved him as well um bringing him back uh, from four days after death is is you know it's like wow it's amazing. It kind of demonstrates, you know, the power. It demonstrates the power of God to the rest that were around him as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, does anybody have anything to add on, you know, Jesus' uh, emotion or, you know, other places uh, that he may have had emotion that you can think of?
5: I think there might be times when maybe he was frustrated at the disciples. Um, so one yeah. of he would say is, how long am I going to be with you guys? Don't you guys get it? Yeah um it's like a teacher that is looking at his students that you know i've taught you guys this so many times but for some reason you're not comprehending it and we know that jesus is the best teacher you can ever have you know Mm -hmm. practically he also taught you know like theoretically in the theoretical sense as well but Mm -hmm. it's just that sense in which people didn't get it and also i suppose um maybe also crying when he was being um beaten um when he carried the when he was on the way to the cross there was that sense in which uh actually the bible doesn't tell us his cry actually he did oh he wept actually he, i think he wept or at least the, the sweat of his, his brow was very thick and uh, that the bible even makes a comparison to that it was similar to that of uh the blood and so that's another area in which he experienced human anguish as a result of pain um so yeah that's yeah something i thought i would add well, thank you Father. thank you thank you are there any others people can think of as
1: well
0: there's that time and i've just looked it up um luke chapter 19 verses 41 i think to 44 where jesus weeps over jerusalem mm. so um when he drew near and saw the city he wept over it and then it goes on to say what he said at the time um so yeah um yeah
1: yeah 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 so yeah there are other instances that, it shows that he shows he wept and uh, he went through some struggle and pain and um um yeah through there's applications such as to show that he's actually a physical human uh the last supper where he was eating talking to other people his disciples teaching and preaching as well being crucified going through that pain or you know going through that hurt as well like fully mentioned so there's other other occasions to show that he was he was human um, I'm gonna be going on to the next uh, slide, which says, why did Jesus come in the flesh? Um, why did Jesus come in the flesh? And that's an open question to anybody that wants to, to answer
6: it. Yeah. Thank you, nicolas I think to my own view, I was having a comparison between the revelation of god as the father Mm -hmm. and the revelation as god the son and Mm -hmm. then to the holy spirit yeah um so i will do the god and the son i won't touch the holy spirit because i know that teaching is to forthcoming so if we if we consider the way the god related to people in the old testament um you will realize there are no free access say for example you will see that it's only the priests that have access yes. to go intermediary between men and god so it's like there is a distance between the people of god and the god they serve. Mm-hmm. so jesus christ coming into the plate uh that was worth uh, 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 was it peter peter was saying that what we have heard what we have seen what we have understood. i mean we ate with this guy i mean so it's to bring about a closer relationship I mean, this is not a God that it's someone that speak on behalf be an, an intermediary. It is a God in yes. human form, the God we are seeing. And yeah, so I believe the reason why Jesus came in flesh is that we have a closer relationship with God.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. I really like that. Um, especially what you explained about, you know, the priest. Normally there's an intermediary between the people and God. So there's you know, a few people that are, are going to be selected or could be selected to be a priest then do something on your behalf so I do like what you said where you know Jesus is coming for that yeah I like that Uh, anybody else wants to add anything why did Jesus come in the flesh
2: yeah I'll add as soon as you asked that question Mm
6: -hmm.
2: the verse that I came straight to my head I just I couldn't remember it so I looked up It's first John Mm
6: -hmm.
2: 3 8 it Mm -hmm. said the reason why the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work
1: yes okay yeah 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 that's true yeah yeah I like that one. Yeah, I did get that one as well.
2: Well, I guess that's yeah, fighting against sin, darkness, you know, um includes redeeming what was lost. Yeah. The, what was lost from the beginning to restore it back. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and to restore God's people and children to him.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that as well. That's really good. I'll probably I'll go through the, the scriptures as well. That uh, ties in. I'll we'll tie in for that as well. Uh, anybody else uh, wants to answer why did Jesus come back in the flesh?
0: Yeah, I would say um, like there's a song that comes to my mind, and it and it goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. Sorry to disappoint people. Um, but the words are, he came from heaven to earth to show the way. So for me, it's also that he came to show us how to live, how we can be, how we can take authority, how we can be kind, how we can love, how we can overcome temptations, you know, if we know the word. So, yeah, it's yeah. so I think he came into into flesh, in the flesh, to show us the way of how to live, really, so that he's our model. Yeah,
6: yeah. Well,
1: thank you. That's really good, actually. And I would say that pretty much everyone is um, right in what, what they have said, actually. So everything pieced together, you know, these are the reasons. And I'll be um, talking about what the process was before.
6: Nicholas.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah.
4: Just me. I'm just going yeah. throw a little span in the work. And I'm, I've heard okay, yeah. like, a few answers and stuff like that. But the question, why did Jesus come in the flesh? Mm-hmm. And I that, think, yeah. um, we have, we you know Jesus came down for our sins. But I think the main, why did Jesus come in the flesh? I think that that question. I don't know whether anyone have answered it so far. I know we're given reasons why he came mm. down to save our sins or to die for us. And but mm. why did he come in the flesh as a human? I think that's our subject, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the question. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Joe?
4: have a great answer but i think jesus probably was sent down so you know for human we kind of we like to believe when we see something mm-hmm. i'm just being you know just you. rather than looking at the biblical content of it you know so presuming that god sent him down so it can be a proof that okay this is my actual son you can see the flesh
1: mm.
4: you know this is the human rather than and you know, i'm sending a spirit to come down to save your to your sins, because whoa, everyone be looking at oh, where is the spirits and stuff like that. So I think, you know, you know when this, the Bible says, you know, Jesus had to be made in our own, we made in Jesus' image. So you know, there have to be like a representation of that yeah. image to be seen. Uh, yeah, that's that that that's that's the simplicity. I kind of I, I take it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting you said that because I was like, okay, this is the route I want to go down. Um, in terms of you know you know you know the answers that you you normally get and it's just like oh yeah there's this as well in terms of you know uh did Jesus need to come down also to to experience things in a human sense in terms of we can't like if Jesus didn't come down and we all we all died and passed and stuff like that and then so God would look at us on Judgment Day why did you do this why did you do this I think there'll be a lot of people kind of making excuses to Lord you don't understand you know being a human is not easy and now it's kind of like it raises it completely. So Jesus has done it. He went through all the temptations that you can't even imagine. You know, he felt everything, and I guess that's one thing that I'm looking at from at point. And this is where Jesus intercesses for us um, as well. Um, so I see it from that point of view, and I, and I see it from the point of view where you know what everybody said as well. But I think you know, I guess I'll move on to the next slide. Where in terms of you know uh, to die, I think the number one thing was really like to die for the sin of the world in terms of whoever takes up Jesus um, literally is saved and is forgiven. And, you know, we um, don't have to go down a certain route in terms of rituals that I'm going to be talking about anymore. You know, Jesus is now the high priest and he's kind of taken away um, from being a physical, like an actual person, um, you know, communicating to God on, on our behalf and doing all sort of uh, um, sacrifices and stuff like that. So the number one reason I've, I've put down is to like, our salvation and to die um, for our sins and to understand this we must also understand the previous process in terms of what were people doing before Jesus w- was here there's an old covenant and there's a new covenant and um, what covenant means is kind of like a contract um, agreed with the people and and what God has said to us or what he's promised so we have to understand the old co- covenant and the new covenant which is you know Jesus Christ and that's why he had to come down And this is one of the major things that I've actually said or, you know, put down. And there's scriptures to kind of talk about what was was happening before, basically. And and what really highlights what was happening before was in Leviticus chapter 4, 35, in the Old Testament. And if someone could read it, that would be great. Um, I'll, I'll give us a background in terms of what was happening. So the Lord spoke to Moses in terms of what process should be happening in terms of how you should be living right, according to the Torah, um, what you should do if you sin, if you sin by accident, there's certain procedures that should take place. And now it's just like everybody is is doing a certain procedure, thinking that they're living right uh, just because they're doing these procedures. But it kind of misses the point completely. On what God actually wants us to live or how God wants us to live and act and stuff like that. So if someone's got a little bit of this, chapter 4 verse 35, could they read it? Do you want me to? Oh yeah, yes please do. Thank you.
3: Okay, so let uh, Leviticus 4.35 Yeah? So, yeah. So it says, he shall remove all its fat as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of the peace offering. Mm. And the priest shall burn it on the altar according to the offerings, offerings, yeah, made by the fire to the mm. Lord. So the priest shall make atonement for his sin that he has committed, and it mm. shall be forgiven him. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, for that. So, yes, so all of this in terms of what was happening, they had to sacrifice. Um, and sacrificed an animal. Um, there was, I think there was three animals. I think it was a bull. A I think there was another one. Um, I don't remember, I need to remember. But what happened, they had to put their, when they sinned, they have to put their hands on the head of the animal and then had to be sacrificed in a certain way. And then it had to be, you know, the priest had to, you know, do a burnt offering as well. And, you know, just imagine how many animals you would have to kill and how many times, you know, someone thinks they're right. After they did this, you know, sacrifice an animal and thinking, yeah, I've done, I've done, I've done what, I, you know, what what has been told to me, uh, to be do, to be done, and they'll just continue killing animals and just doing burnt offerings and stuff like that. So that's what was happening before. And if you read the whole of chapter four, you see that, you know, this was said to Moses. The Lord has instructed Moses. You know, this is what you should do if you sin. And you know, when you sin, your sins will be forgiven once you've done all these rituals. rituals. So I would encourage everyone to read a uh, little bit because for um if, if you do so you understand the process of what was happening um so yeah uh, I'll move on uh, I don't know if anybody has questions on that actually before I move on okay so that was the old um covenant basically that was said to Moses so you do but in the New Testament it was was completely different or you mm-hmm. know, The old was going to be passed away and the new was going to happen. And this was going to happen with Jesus. So, if we look at Luke 22, Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 20, it says, And likewise, the cup after they have eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So, this was in the Last Supper when Jesus was sitting with his disciples. It's basically saying that you do not, you no longer have to shed blood um for you to be forgiven a new covenant has come and especially when jesus was crucified he's basically crucifying his blood instead of animals blood so everything has already been done once jesus has gone up on that cross so this happened that the last of when he was talking to his disciples people may may not know what he was probably talking about at the time but when it happened it became clear that this this was a new covenant that was happening so, you know, Jesus' blood represented the new blood um, that washed away our sins and became the new covenant. So this replaced the old covenant um, of what was happening before. So, um, and, and in Hebrews 10, I'll read it quickly. Hebrews 10, uh, verse four says, for it's impossible for the blood of bull and goats to take away sins. So now he states, in, or it states now in Hebrews 10 saying it's impossible for bulls, and goats, which means a sacrifice to now take away sins. Where before, when we read it in the previous uh chapter where it was Luke Leviticus 4 5, at the end of it it said, and he shall be forgiven like after you sacrifice, um after you sacrifice a bull or goat. Um so yeah, that is that is the new um covenant uh, covenant. And that's why Jesus came for us to be saved, you know, and we don't need to kind of sacrifice anything as well. So, Jesus has done everything already for us. And I guess what I was thinking before, what I was going to say at the end when we speak to Joe, it's just like, okay, yeah, Jesus experienced a lot as a human. He understands how we feel and what we're going through um, as well. So, you know, the temptations we go through and everything as well. So when it comes to that day, I guess, of judgment, it's just like Jesus understands already. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, yeah, he knows it's not easy and it's very difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to thank God uh, for everything he has done for us and, you know, the blood that he has shed for us. And, uh yeah, we're, we're, I'm very grateful that, you know, we're saved by his blood. Uh, so we just want to give thanks to God. Uh, so, yeah. Thank God. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any questions before we go to the breakout rooms or anything to add to that? So.
3: Um, hi everyone. So I would say, you know, thank you for this section because it was weird. I was reading like um Genesis one, two, and also, you know, um how um it was tempted by the enemy and mm. just also like listening to you know, you also like talking about you know how Jesus was tempted and how he over, you know, or how he overcame everything. I think it's important to each and every one of us, you know, if it was tempted, you know, and, and she fell for it and Jesus was able to be tempted, but he didn't fall for it. Yes. It just means that each and every one of us, we need to actually, you know, build our foundation on God and also, you know, for God to give us that discernment and that wisdom and that knowledge, to you know, that when temptation is coming for us to like have that discernment to choose, right? Because at some point, you know, in Alpha yesterday, the guy was saying something about the enemy tries to make us think that he doesn't exist. In that way, we don't think that he exists. But at some point, when we get when we sin against God, then we we'll become distant from God. That's what he's trying to do. So I just pray that each and every one of us will be vigilant and will know the gimmick of the enemy and so mm. that we can withstand everything that he has to throw us. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Edith. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh anybody
5: else wants to sing? Uh, Nicholas, I was wondering, if, is it possible to sing that song before we go into our breakout rooms at all? Yeah. Uh, awesome. The, um, I think the title is What Can Wash Away Our Sins, um, Nothing But Blood, um, just because it's our correlates with what you're teaching. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's all
1: right. Yeah. Do you want me to bring it
5: up? No, it's, I've, I've got it on my screen. Um. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just feel it's it's important to sing these words because, um, I mean, what Christ has done for us is what has brought us here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hanging out together tonight. And I think what Nicholas has taught tonight is quite powerful because it's through Jesus' sacrifice that we have this new life um, that's, yeah, of of being a Christian. And um I mean, the song just came to mind when Nicholas was talking about the last atonement or sacrifice that Jesus stood for. So I'll just, it's a very short uh, song, uh, and then we can break, go into our breakout room. So I'm going to stop recording if I
1: know how to do.